All right, welcome back to the Student Mindset Podcast. Today's guest, I have William Attaway here. How you doing, William? I'm doing great, Lorenzo. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you joining me today for today's podcast. Uh, for for the audience today, uh, they may not know you. Could you please, you know, kind of go into your background a little bit and uh, introduce yourself and what industry you're in? Sure. I'm an executive and leadership coach. I uh, started a company about four years ago doing that, coaching entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners, C-suite leaders, educators, uh, government contractors, you name it, uh, because I want to help leaders to get better. I think when a leader gets better, I love how Craig Rochelle says this, everybody benefits. When a yeah. leader gets better, everybody everybody feels it, right? Their, their employees, their team, the organization, their family, their kids, everybody benefits from that. And that's what I have devoted my life to doing. For the last 20 plus years, I've been coaching leaders in all of those contexts and others. I've been leading in the business world and in the local church, uh, where I've been serving as a pastor for the last 25 plus years now. So it's a little bit about me. Uh, I've been married for almost 25 years, have two daughters, one of whom just went to college and one of whom is in uh, high school. So, Wow, that's awesome. Um, just a little bit for myself, I am almost in, in the leadership, um, just as a leader myself, I've been a leader almost 10 years and married just a little over three years. So I definitely am a young person that can definitely glean a lot from people as yourself. And which is one of the reasons I started this podcast is my audience is, is about 18 to 30 as well. And, mm -hmm. and I believe a lot of us can learn from individuals like yourself who've been through it, who know and have the wisdom already. So, mm. uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, how did, how did you, did you, were you, is your passion always leadership? How did you kind of, how did you get into it? How'd you get into coaching actually? You know, the leadership journey started when I was in high school, uh, when I was 15 years old, I had a high school teacher who invited me to attend my first leadership conference. Never been to one, never been a student of leadership at all. Uh, but he saw something in me that I did not see in myself. And I went, it was an out-of-state conference. I went and I was captivated wow. uh, by leadership and the power of what a great leader can do. I've been a student of leadership now for over three decades mm -hmm. uh, and a practitioner for almost that long, uh, starting in the business world and then moving forward. What I discovered in, in the business world in particular was that we expect from people a certain level of expertise, a certain level of performance, but we don't always help them get there. Mm. And that's where coaching comes in. And so that's where I cut my teeth on helping to coach other people uh, into higher performance. Uh, and then that moved from that into then coaching leaders, because again, you impact a leader, you affect not just that leader, but everybody they lead. Yeah, that's so good. Um, you said something that I kind of want to go back to in just a second. You said something, you said student leadership specifically. You didn't say I've been in leadership. You said I've been in student leadership. So I want to, I want to go back to that, but for a second, um, I a hundred percent agree that you see individuals all the time that may have something in them. I see it sometimes myself, but it's like, um, it, 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 there's not a lot of people in the, that, that are out there growing or mentoring them or mm -hmm. taking the time, you know, to, to, you know, go into that with them and show them the way, you know, this, there's a way you can, you can keep doing what you're always doing, but you know, you can always take this path as well, which mm -hmm. may, um, I, I like this quote, it's, it's a, a rising tide, um, lifts all ships. So as the leader mm -hmm. grows themselves, they're going to take everyone with them. And so that's one of my, one of the things that I love, but yeah, let's go back to that student leadership. Uh, what do you mean by student leadership? 
you know, I started as a student of leadership, just trying to learn as much as I could from as many people as I could about as much as I could when it came to how to lead. I bought more coffees and breakfasts and lunches than I can remember from people who were farther down the road than I, I was and that I am that I want to learn from. You know, I always show up to those with a notebook and a pen and some questions that I've prepared so that I can fully take advantage of that time. I never want to waste somebody's time. So I show up ready. I try to learn. Uh, and because I honestly, I'm not going to live long enough to make all the mistakes myself. <laughs> if, I can, if I can learn how to avoid some ditches by talking to somebody else and, and learning from their experience and avoid a few of those, how much better? And so that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to be a student of that. But that student mindset is one that I, I teach leaders today. I talk mm -hmm. about the importance of having that teachable mindset where you're seeing everything, every opportunity, every circumstance, every situation, every relationship and conversation as an opportunity to learn something. Mm. Sometimes you learn what not to do, but that can be incredibly valuable. Right? <laughs> but if you walk into it with that student mindset, with that teachable mindset, what that does is it puts you in the posture of a learner. Mm. And then everything is a learning opportunity. Everything yeah. in your life. There's no such thing as a wasted experience. Yeah, that's so good. I love that you said, uh, I want the, the audience to take away. He asked these people and took them out to lunch. He also paid the coffee and things, and brought his notes and took notes. So it's take notes, everybody, on what you need to do. Find someone, find a mentor, find someone that uh, that you admire uh, and, and definitely take notes. Um, what would you say... To a young leader like myself that maybe wants to start a business or maybe is in a leadership position themselves in a, in a current company role, you know, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to them on on growing, on becoming better, or you know, maybe taking, uh, finding a mentor themselves or things like that? What, what kind of advice would you give? I think the first thing I would say is is learn to ask great questions. So often that's where real learning happens when we pause and we think, what's the, what's a great question here? What's the thing that I really would like to take away? Mm. If you stop and pause and think through what a great question looks like and you ask it, so often you'll find an opportunity to learn so much more than if you just assume or pretend like you already know something, which is what too many people do. They're like, you know, how did <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know about that. You don't know that. <laughs> Stop and ask the question, right? That's that's an opportunity to learn no matter where you are, right? If you're thinking, hey, I got it in my heart to start this business or to start this and, and provide this service or this product, you're in a place right now where you have an opportunity to grow where you are. Don't think, well, when I get there, then I will be mm. a student. Then I'll be a learner. Then I'll be in that teachable spirit. No, 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 no. Start where you are. Take advantage of every opportunity you have. You know, one of the things that, that I'm constantly doing with our team is pouring into them, listening and asking questions to hear what their dreams are, whether wow. they're with our organization or not, right? Because what I want to do is invest in them as people, as leaders, not just as cogs in the machine to accomplish a task. I want to see them achieve what's in their hearts, right? But I have to ask the right questions. Hmm. And, and what you do, if, you, if, if your listeners will, will look for opportunities they can learn so much from the people around them, no matter what environment they're in, that will benefit them later. There is no such thing as a wasted experience if you approach it with a teachable spirit, a learning posture. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so many times um, it kind of irks me a little bit when leaders 
they 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 be a little selfish like they don't want to pour into someone because they don't want them to leave them or maybe they don't want to promote them or you know things like that so it's like that is i that i hate that because i would if they have some sort of loyalty that's um they're going to be even more loyal to you by mm -hmm. you showing them the responsibility or maybe even just pour, like you said pouring into them they're not going to want to leave that and, and a lot of people, I think, need that and kind of crave it, you know, uh, right. of someone. Not everyone has someone like that to pour into them. So I think that's super important. Um, I was going over your website and I and I saw that you have a free book for, for mm -hmm. listeners called mm -hmm. Catalytic Leadership. We're going to mm -hmm. post that in the show notes um, so everyone can check that out. Could you kind of dive into that and what catalyt Catalytic leadership is and means to you. Sure. The The book actually comes out of the coaching conversations and practice that I've had coaching leaders for 20 plus years. Uh, it doesn't matter your context. It doesn't matter what you lead or where you lead. Leadership principles are transferable. And what I've tried to do in the book is capture 12 of the most common threads that run through those coaching conversations. As I'm coaching a leader and helping them to, to get from where they are to where they want to be, there are, there are some consistent themes. And so mm. what I've tried to do in the book is capture what I will go through with a coaching client, right? Mm. And things that I've learned from my own journey and from theirs and put that in a form where hopefully more people will be able to take advantage of it. Mm. And again, move from where they are to where they want to be and, and become better leaders. So that's what the book yeah. is. My goal is to put that into as many hands as I can. And that's why, yeah. you know, if somebody will pay the shipping, we'll get the free copy of that book out to them mm. because we want them to get better. That's the so whole good. reason why I wrote it. That's the reason I do what I do. That's so good. Um, for for the audience here today, is there like a, a sample uh, of like actionable steps or something mm -hmm. that that you can provide today? Maybe you know, don't give away all the good secrets. <laughs> they gotta <laughs> they gotta go pay for that shipping and get get that free book. But I, I wanted to you know kind of give a sample size uh, to the to the listeners today. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you two, Lorenzo. The, the the first one we've already touched on, and that is cultivating an intentional, teachable spirit. That's something that you choose, and I choose every single day. Every mm -hmm. one of your listeners can choose that. You get up in the morning and you commit and determine from the beginning, no one will be more teachable than I am today. Mm -hmm. In every environment, every meeting, every interaction, no one will be more teachable than I am. You begin to approach life that way. That is the greatest predictor of success for a leader that I know. Wow. I say this no matter your context. You walk into every circumstance with that determination, that's going to help you. Mm -hmm. But that's something you choose. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just happen. Over time, what happens is a leader begins to get a little more confident in their role and a little more comfortable in their role. And they begin to drift. And you always drift toward mediocrity. You never drift toward excellence. Well, excellence, I always say in my context, excellence honors God and inspires other people. <laughs> mediocrity does neither. <laughs> Nobody is inspired by mediocrity. And yet that's what you always drift toward. So choosing to be teachable, choosing to have that learning posture, this is something that every one of your listeners can do. And you can do that tomorrow. You can choose when you wake up. Today, I'm going to choose to have that. No matter what happens, no matter who says what, when. I'm going to choose to walk in with that spirit. That's the first, and I think the most important non-negotiable 
of what I call catalytic leadership, leadership that makes a difference. Yeah, that's so good. I love that the intentionality portion of it is one of my favorite words as well. Um, it's almost like an affirmation, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yes. That and it's important to do this uh, for the listeners. Also, just letting them know uh, every year I always write down my goals of what I want to picture success either mm. in my job, my personal life, uh, because you have you have to be intentional for yourself, but for the for the year as well as your professional and personal life. And so far it has done wonders for me. I might not have reached um, 100% of my goals, but I set a, a pretty high goal for myself. And if I don't reach it, I've gotten um, success, some success out of it. So that's what I love. Uh, I wanted to ask you, have you always been a writer or have you always been into writing in, in your personal life or any other books? And um, what advice would you maybe have for someone that wants to get into writing or write a book for themselves? You know, I do love to write. Uh, I wrote a lot in school <laughs> with between my, my bachelor's, my master's and my doctorate that involved a whole lot of writing. Uh, and that's one type of writing that's academic writing. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I write is more conversational. And so, you know, if you get a copy of, of catalytic leadership, what you'll find is the way I wrote it, the voice that I wrote this in is, is though we're sitting across a table having coffee mm. because I want it to feel that comfortable and that, that, that intimate, really. I want you to understand this is something that you can do no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, no matter how old you are, no matter how much experience you have or don't have, mm-hmm. you can do this. Mm-hmm. You can take a step in this. Uh, and that's, that's, that was the mindset that I had as I was writing this. Writing is something that I've, that I've done for a long time. This is my second book. My first book was published in 2014. I'm yes. working on several more right now that'll be coming out in next year and, and going forward. But this is part of my rhythm because I think writing enables us to communicate with people that we might never meet in person. Wow. We can take and, and use what has happened in our lives, what our experience has been, and use it for the benefit of other people through mm-hmm. our writing. We can share that in such a way that it benefits them. Yeah. Why would we not do that? So any yeah. of your listeners who, who are feeling drawn toward that, my biggest word of encouragement and challenge would be step toward it. Mm. Uh, you become a writer by writing. <laughs> and that sounds so simple, <laughs> so self-explanatory, but truly that's how it works. Yeah. So if you want to be a writer, start writing. And that means you set a goal every day. I'm going to write 200 words today, every day. I'm going to write 250 words a day. I'm going to write 500 words a day. When I was writing this book, I set a goal of 500 words a day. And every day I wrote 500 words. Now, don't write and edit at the same time. That's something that a friend taught me is so brilliant. Those are two separate parts of your brain. So often I would write 500 words. And later when I went back and was going through and doing editing myself, what I found was a lot of those words were, were worthless. They were not good. Um, that's okay, right? Get them down, get them down, get the ideas out. And then you can refine and then you can craft and then you can you know make it what it needs to be. But, but, but get them down. Mm. Like writers write, that's what they do. So if this is something you're feeling drawn toward, step into it, start doing it. Yeah. You don't need anything. You don't need anyone's permission to do this. You can That's do so it. Good. That's awesome. Uh, I kind of want to change gears a little bit here. Um, through my research, I, I saw mm-hmm. that um, you've been through uh, an experience surrounding your daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I want to kind of go through that and see, you know, 
how the experience changed you and, and, you know, what you can share through that. Sure. You know, this is another of the things that I wrote about in the book, most recent book, because one of the elements, the principles of catalytic leadership is choosing to be family focused. Now, when I talk with corporate leaders or, or hard charging type A entrepreneurs, often they're like, yeah, it doesn't really fit. That's not me, family, bah, you know, that's later. Um, here's the thing about this. And this is something that this experience you're referring to has, has really driven deep in me. Um, at some point, somebody else is going to do what you do. Mm. Somebody else is going to hold the title that you hold or sit in the chair you sit in or have the office that you have. Then what? Mm. I've spent a lot of time with people over the last 25 years at the end of their lives by virtue of what I do. And you know what I've never heard? I've never heard one person say, I wish I had spent more time at the office. Mm. I, I wish I had, had achieved a few more KPIs. I wish I wish I had a hit a few more quarterly goals. Not once. Mm. You know what I have heard? A whole lot of regrets around relationships. I wish I had mended that fence with that person. I wish I had made that call and had that conversation that needed to be had. I wish, I wish, I wish. But it's too late at that point. It's too late. You and I get to benefit by learning from other people's ditches. And this is a big one. Mm -hmm. So often the regrets people have at the end of their lives are around relationships with those closest to them. Three and a half years ago, my daughter started having some headaches. She was 14 at the time, and we thought maybe she's developing migraines. I've suffered from migraines since I was about her age. We thought that must be what this is. Took her to the doctor, got some medicine, didn't really do the trick, took her back, didn't really do the trick. So we were really wondering what this was. Finally, they sent her to the, to the ER, and they did an MRI and discovered that she had a brain tumor on the back right side of her brain. Mm. They called an ambulance, had her taken immediately to a, a larger hospital uh, closer to DC. And uh, two days later, the pediatric neurosurgeon took the tumor out. Two days later, she's home. And then we waited for the biopsy results. Uh, a few weeks later, discovered that it's a very rare form of cancer. Only about 50 teenagers a year in the world are diagnosed with it. Wow. And, and that started a journey for us of dealing with this radiation treatment, so many different things that were part of that season. We relocated to Baltimore, lived at the Ronald McDonald house while, while she was undergoing radiation treatments there. And that season, the reason I, I talk about this is because that season drove so much deeper a principle that, that I've talked about a lot, but never with the, I think the, the, the intensity and the depth that I talk about it now. During that season, when I was going through all of that, our family was going through all of that, I wasn't worried about what was happening at work. <laughs> I wasn't worried about the quarterly goals. I wasn't worried about hitting our targets. I wasn't worried about any of that. Mm -hmm. I was worried about the relationships closest to me. I was worried about my daughter, and my family. Mm -hmm. And we were navigating things that we had never like I didn't have this on my plans for 2019. <laughs> this was <laughs> not on my this was not on my goal sheet, right? Right. And yet there it is. What are you going to do with it? Mm. Every opportunity is an opportunity to learn something. And one of my greatest learnings from that season was don't miss the opportunity to make what matters most matter most. Well, you choose that. You determine that. And, and during that season, I was reminded of that in a very fresh and a very real way. Now, 
most of your listeners, I hope, will never undergo something like that. Mm. Hopefully, they will never have a child who is facing that type of a, of a, of a prognosis. And, and I will say, uh, she's doing great now. No, it's they, so they good. took it out the radiation. There has not been a recurrence. We're over the three year mark now, which is the most likely time of recurrence. So we're just we're so grateful. For that. Yeah, she's just went to college. Uh, she's in her freshman year now and, and doing great. But that season really drove deep in me mm. the understanding that that you get to choose what's going to matter most in your life. You get to determine that, and if it's going to be work. And you're going to put everything else on the back, back, back burner. That's a choice that you're going to make. Right. But it is one you will regret. Well, that's so good. I appreciate you sharing that story with us. Um, I definitely, you know, I can I can only imagine myself. Yeah, I don't have any kids. Um, I do have a lot of siblings, but like you said, that is something that you don't want anyone to go through. But it, it showed up, and you guys dealt with it as a family and work was not on your mind <laughs> and, and i think that sometimes um we forget that you know we forget that as climbing the corporate ladder or myself i'm trying to get to the next promotion trying to get we're always trying to go somewhere where i'm in silicon valley and <laughs> yeah right and everybody is 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 rushing somewhere you can you should see the freeways <laughs> but Just it's like grinding it out day after day right yeah but it's like uh, it's it's important and that's why i wanted to bring it up um to take a step back and reflect on like what's really important you know you can balance your work life um and your personal life but you know what's what's truly important to you and you know your and, and the people around you so i really appreciate you sharing that with us today um as we wrap up here uh i kind of want to be you know mindful of your time and is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners today that I didn't get a chance to ask you about uh, any um, thing you would like to take away. If not, do you have a, you know, some book recommendations that, you know, maybe you've changed your life and that you could recommend to some people today? You know, in answer to your first question, I would say simply this, it's so easy to focus on what you don't have and allow that to keep you from taking a step in a direction that you, that you want to take. But I would encourage your listeners with this. Don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can, mm. right? You may not be able to do these five things that you really want to do, but you can take one step toward them today. Mm. Don't let the fact that you can't do these five keep you from taking the one. Mm. Because the one today and the one tomorrow and the one the next day is how you get from where you are to where you want to be. Mm. A friend of mine, Jonathan Milligan, says consistency is the mother of momentum. Well, that's the daily step. So yeah. don't underestimate the value of taking that one step toward where you want to be today. That's that's the the first thing I would say. As far as books, I would recommend. Boy, I love books. You can see behind me, I have a bit of a book problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan. So, so to pick just a handful is like choosing between your children. Like, like oh boy, wow. That's fun. Um, I mean, there are so many when it comes to leadership that have had such an impact on my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, John Maxwell uh, has written over a hundred books on leadership. Uh, his books are, are phenomenal. The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership that he's written is is probably one of my favorites of his. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few uh, John Maxwell's, but I haven't had that one. So I definitely got to put that on the list. 
he just re-released it's a 25th anniversary edition and he rewrote a bunch of it updating it okay um, so it's definitely worth getting i think i think you'll really walk away with a lot from that 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 has has, has had a huge impact on me another one is jim collins who, who's a business writer uh, his book good to great uh yeah. i read that gosh close to 20 years ago now, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's still one that I talk about pretty regularly with people because the principles are so timeless. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a case study, right. Of, right. of companies that made the leap from good to great and the ones who didn't and what made the difference and man, so many lessons there. Mm. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I, I've read it, uh, uh, years ago, but I have, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like you read a book and you forget a lot about it. It's like, it's hard to, it's hard, uh, except for the ones that really have a, like a huge impact on your life. Yeah. Um, uh, for myself, it, it's the seven, the ha- seven habits of highly effective people. Oh, um, that's which, so yeah, good. Yeah. Stephen Covey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which it's, it's uh, when I was, you know, going through a rough time and, um, you know, just turned 21 and definitely um, changed my life for the, for the better. So I loved it. I love it. Uh, I love that. And where can uh, where can the people follow you? You have uh, we we're gonna plug your website for the um, for the free book. People go download that. Um, where else can we uh, they follow you at? You can follow me on LinkedIn. Just mm-hmm. look for William Attaway, and you can follow me there. I post a lot of what I'm currently reading and learning, and, and insights that I'm picking up along the way. Uh, you can go to catalyticleadership.net, and that's where you can read the blog where I'll post a lot again of what I'm currently learning. And where you can uh, find out about the podcast I just launched this week. Um, oh wow! Yeah, brand new, so that's, uh, yeah. that's very fresh. Uh, just an, another opportunity to share kind of what what I'm learning. I read a lot. I learn a lot. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in environments from people with people who are further down the road than I am, and I'm a copious note taker. So what, <laughs> what I love to do is just share what I'm learning with people yeah. around me. And so the the blog and and LinkedIn and the podcast are ways that I do that. Okay. And uh, can I get the podcast name? You can go ahead. Yeah. What's the sure. podcast name you got there? It's a Catalytic Leadership. Same Catalytic as the leadership. book. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. I appreciate you, William. Thank you for, for joining me today. Um, so many good, you know, quotes and, and lessons I took away from today. And I appreciate you. Lorenzo, it's been an honor to be with you, man. Thanks for having me on the show.